0: Warning, the following episode of Orsini's Uncensored Mind contains explicit language and adult content. The thoughts and opinions stated on the show are reflective of AJ Orsini and his guests exclusively. Seriously guys, the show's called Uncensored. If you got a problem with bad language, I really don't give a shit. I know I've been in a pretty shitty mood as of late. I know the last few weeks have taken a very serious tone, but tonight... I'm flipping the script. We're going to have ourselves a good old grand time. We are going to talk positivity. We're going to laugh we're going to cry, we're going to share some memories, we're going to have some conversations. I'm talking about the undertaker's last ride. I'm talking about New Japan's cup. I'm talking about Evolve. I'm talking about Tessa. I'm talking about WWE and COVID and my goodness, I'm talking about my recent run-ins with Hulu. My goodness, we have a lot to get to today and I'm thinking I'm thinking this one's going to be a funny one. <laughs>
1: Welcome to Orsini's Uncensored Mind, and now your host, A.J. Orsini.
0: How the hell is everybody out here? This is your boy, your main man, your gas old brother from another mother. This is your host, Orsini's Uncensored Mind. I am A.J. Orsini, and I came on here lower down stupid theme music. That was a very shitty Transition into the actual show. How the hell is everybody? Uh, it's your boy here AJ and I-, I-, I just turned the fucking thing on and I already see like an array of just comments in here and apparently swall who's no longer swall. I see that you've changed it up. You finally got around to fixing it. You are now Saul, but I-, I will continue to be calling you swall because that was funnier and it was I'm something that I'm accustomed to now. So that's what we're doing. Um, no, I'm not drinking cranberry juice. I'm drinking scotch with a little cranberry apple in it. That's what that's what's soothing my soul because uh, I I need to be in a good mood today. Today is a, a time to be good because I have been uh, in a in a in a bad in a bad way the last few weeks and I apologize for that. But there's been so much serious shit going on in the world. I'm glad this week I'm able to take a breath and do some other shit. Uh, here tonight with this episode, I was not planning originally on going live. I had an interview scheduled for yesterday and today. Uh, and it did, uh, did not happen, fell through. We're going to reschedule. Everything's cool with that. No hard feelings, no grudges. We're going to reschedule. We're going to make that interview happen. I will not reveal the name because I want to make sure it actually happens, but, uh, yeah, so we just I just decided today would be a cool day to go positive and to go live because I, I feel like I kind of owe you guys that because I've been so serious the last few weeks. So with the help of my boy uh, Scotch here and uh, my enthusiasm for the day, we're going to get through some topics here. We're going to talk about some pro wrestling. We're going to talk about some non-pro wrestling stuff that I've been doing that I want to share with you guys and get your feedback on, and we'll go back and forth on that. As far as the sweet, sweet belt you're talking about behind me, that is the old school, uh, Winged Eagle WWF Championship belt from back in the day. That's a pretty good. That's a. I'm a big fan of the classics, brother. That's a. That's a cool belt from way back in the day. When I got my hands on that doozy, that was it. Life made. That was cool. And as you can see, I've used the board today. Uh, kind of a uh, what's the name of that show on ESPN where they have the. Th- I don't know. I forgot the name. But uh, hashtag COVIDiots, that will be the theme of some of uh, our main event here tonight. Uh, Our main event story, the story we're going to go home with here toward the end, if you feel like sticking around that long enough, we're talking about... COVID-19 and the WWE we're talking about COVID as it relates to the wrestling industry as a whole obviously we'll be talking about the WWE uh, predominantly because apparently seeing no evil and speaking no evil does not keep people at bay apparently if you ignore COVID uh, it does not ignore you. So we're going to be talking about that. That's our main event for the evening. But of course, we've got a myriad of other topics in which we'll be talking about. The camera's not really showing it, but besides my sweet, sweet belt, I'm also rocking my sweet, sweet uh, Rick and Morty gear here on the on the program this afternoon. Uh, so we're going to be talking some cool shit. I already see that Swalls in there. I love seeing Nancy. Nancy's in here. How you doing, Nancy? My mom's here, guys. That's who Ruby Anzias is in the chat. That's my mom. She actually birthed me, so you guys can thank her for the awesomeness uh, that is uh, coming at you guys here today and this afternoon or evening. Afternoon or evening? We're seven. Seven's kind of on that line of like afternoon, evening. I don't know. Uh, we just came back a little while ago from uh, taking my son to this big sprinkler area that we had, so uh, I'm all, I was just in cold water for like a full hour, so I am awake as fuck. And I'm ready to get down the goddamn business. I'm smelling my dinner, so give me one second. I was not planning on, oh, shit. Well, that is that. We're going to have to figure that down. And, uh, yeah, so let's get right down the business here. I got a couple of things I want to talk about. We'll get to something uh, non-wrestling related to start off with. Uh A lot of people have complaints about the fact that there's multiple streaming services. There's multiple uh, options now for movies and shows and things like that. Obviously, the big controversy among certain people is whether or not there's an actual discussion taking place now as to whether or not uh, cable is even a viable option anymore. Cable, of course, being uh, the standard, it's the one thing that everyone uh, always ha- seems to have in their home, uh, but now with streaming services being available, with Netflix and Hulu, there's so many different, um, so many different variations uh, 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 of entertainment you can have. So there are some complaints where, well, I don't need that many streaming services because I have cable. Cable has a little bit of everything, but then there's the high price of cable. So they say, well, I only really need Netflix or Hulu or Crackle or whatever the fuck. There's so many different ones that are out there right now. And I myself have always just kind of kept it basic because I have cable. I've always just kind of done the Netflix deal, and that's kind of it. But last few months, I'll say, I've really been branching out here, spending some money here, and I got to say, I'm kind of addicted at this point to getting new streaming services. Getting a new streaming service for me is like opening up Christmas presents. You get to see, ooh, what, what new items do we have access to at this point? So uh i i have netflix i've got disney plus i've got amazon Pro, i got a whole bunch of different ones but my newest uh swall hbo max and disney plus uh disney plus i have i do not have hbo max yet i'm reserving i want to see how that goes first uh but i recently caved and got hulu so i i Definitely wanted to. <laughs> what is it? I don't have any of that. I got Fire Stick. Well, there you go. See, that's the other thing. I don't know anything about Fire Stick. I, I keep being told all the time, scratch all that, just get the Fire Stick. I don't know. I have to look into it and get my information about it. But there are people who, uh, who use all facets. I've recently dabbled in the Hulu world. Now, I go way back. I've, I've been messing with computers for a long time. And I used, to do, I used to watch a lot of things on Hulu back in the day. Like way, 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 way back in the day, um, we, before it became a a, a, um, a pay service, I used to watch Family Guy and catch up on all that stuff. Way back when, uh, earlier in the day, uh, back in the day, before they became a pay service, so I used to watch Hulu a lot all the time. Then the ads became crazy, and I guess because of the ads, they stepped up and they started doing an, a, a tiered deal, and now they're just full on pay service. So uh, I. I I, I finally caved in, I got that, so we got the Hulu deal going, and I gotta tell you guys, whenever I do different streaming sites and all that stuff, I always love digging into the to, to the catalog and see what I get. Uh, I've been very happy with Hulu so far, but I've been uh, surprised happy, because there are shows that I had never heard of that were on Hulu, that I'm jumping on now, that I'm actually getting into. Uh, You're the Worst. Uh, my wife's been watching Handmaid's Tale. There's a bunch of different shows that are on Hulu right now that I'm really getting into right now, and I didn't know anything about these shows until I got the Hulu. So, so far, I got to tell you, I'm really digging the new streaming sites. There and, and there's a regular on the show. His name is Joe Pombo. I hope he's uh, listening to the show in some form or fashion. If not live, I know he always listens to the playback. Uh, Pombo was not a huge fan of the whole um uh, multiple streaming sites deal. So me and him go back and forth a lot on all that. So when he hears that I got Hulu, which is new to him, uh, he's probably going to give me shit for it for once again uh, paying the, the conglomerate my hard-earned bills. But I'm I'm huge on it. I love it. Um, I got Cody. Cody's been brought to my attention. I have a new smart TV, and I got a buddy of mine who's been adding apps to my fucking TV. That's one of them. Cody, Cody looks like, like, Cody doesn't stream anything, though, I've been noticing. Like, I have to put shit into Cody. No, is that not how that works? Because when, I, cause when he, he downloaded it onto my TV and I've been fucking with it, but I can't really, I don't understand how the whole process works with the with the app. It looks like it's a storage, like I just put, I put movies and TV shows in it and, and I could view it from that app, but that app in particular does not actually stream shit to me. I, I can't really tell how that works, but... You know, I've been dabbling in computers for a long time, but I got to tell you, smart TVs—I'm still, still learning how that goes. So, uh, Tubi is free. Tubi's been brought to my attention by a buddy of two. I've yet to try it. It's on my TV. I downloaded it, but I haven't fucked with it. Isn't Tubi like one of those uh, apps where uh, it acts kind of like those websites that already have movies on there, like the uh, uh, not Pirate Bay—that's torrents. What is it like, uh, like? Like one, two, three torrent. No, I'm still thinking of torrents. Jesus Christ, those websites that already have the fucking movies on there that you could just like four like four movies or a space move, where it's like you can just go on there and and just click on the movie and just watch it straight from the website. That's what I think Tubi is. I got Tubi, Pluto, and Fire TV. What is Pluto? I've heard of it. I think I've even seen a commercial or two. But is Pluto the same deal as everything else, where it's just a streaming site that has movies and TV shows and stuff like that? Is that what Pluto is? I'm curious. In Fire TV, see that's what everyone. I'm. I don't know. I don't know. I'm. I'm. I'm digging the services, but everyone keeps leading me back to that. So I don't know where my loyalty lies just yet. I've got the now, I just need to know where's the party at. Where's everybody at? Pluto TV. See Pluto TV, man. Is that? Does it have like regular t- television stations? Is that what that is? Is that why that's? Because I heard like, doesn't Sling do that? Sling has like regular TV shows, but they're on a streaming site. Is that how that works? Because I'm trying to get on this new shit, man. I'm always, I'm always trying to get on new shit. Absolutely, always trying to get on new shit. Okay, there's. I'm clicking on this. All right. So yeah, I'm always trying to get on the new shit here. Are the lines open, AJ? Give me one second. To open them and then see, I oh, there's so many things that I have to do before I go live, something always slips through the cracks, always. And this is not the first time it's been this thing, so let's move some things around here. Sign in, thank you, Swall, for bringing that shit to my attention because. Okay, so save. Sure, why not? Yes, so now the phone lines are officially open. Yes, they are open now. So the number on the screen works. It's the same number as per usual. Thank you once again for bringing that to my attention because now it is up and a go for that. So I'm assuming he acts because he'll be calling in due time. So really be getting into that. Uh, can I just say something? For th- I don't know if you guys know about it, Oh, it says Pluto is all shows and have movie channels, and I got Fight TV. I called it No Answer. It wasn't on uh, before as well. I just turned it on now. So you can try it again if you want. Um, it's all shows and has movie channels, and I See, so just. Okay. So it's just a different catalog of shit, essentially, is what that is. So that's pretty cool. I'm going to look into the Pluto. You guys seem to be plugging the Pluto thing pretty good. I'm going to see how that works out. I'm going to look into that. Uh, you, no, it's open now, so you guys might want to give that a shot there. So, uh, yeah, so, let me just say, for, I don't know if you guys are aware, So one of the reasons why I wanted to bring up the Hulu thing, uh, Handmaid's Tale, I gotta tell you, that's the saddest fucking show I've ever seen. And not sad like it's bad, just sad. It's a very sad show, I think that's all right there. Call from. call from.
1: Call oh, from. Yeah, oh,
0: Yo you know, yo yo! What's
1: own up, own AJ?
0: Job. Hey, buddy! What's going on, Swole? How are you doing, buddy?
1: I'm doing okay, sir. I hope you had a good Fourth of July. Uh, yeah, it was all right. I was home chilling.
0: <laughs> I didn't really do anything. I just I, I was watching that sad-ass television show, Handmaid's Tale.
1: Oh, uh, I hear you. <laughs> you maybe used to watch Handmaid's Tale. It's actually pretty interesting on Hulu. It is. <laughs> it's interesting, but it's sad. Like, every time
0: I watch it, I just want to hug my wife. It's like, I just want to hug you. Oh, I
1: hear you. I hear you on that one. Uh, my question actually was wondering, what was your uh, thoughts about the return of the Great American Bash and the first night of the pay-per-view?
0: Um, okay, let
1: me just start answering that question by
0: saying straight up and down, I could care less about the Great American Bash. Um, I saw... Bits and pieces. I saw the full main. I saw the complete main event. I watched Sasha and EO all the way through. I, uh, I saw some of the Rhea Ripley stuff um, because I'm a huge Rhea Ripley guy. So I always pay attention. These yeah. these shiny shit shows. These shiny shit shows where they take the turd and they cover it in tinsel. I, mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not a huge fan. I knew the minute they it. announced it. It's the same thing when I was talking about um, in your house um, the in your house show they did. These were all these are all great concepts that we've been begging for and asking for, but we were asking for them when we were fucking there to do mm-hmm. these concepts. Especially the way the set design looked. That was the best. That was what I'm, when you look at the Great American Bash, the way they set that up the the, the entrance way and everything. Yeah, they're I, so understand. creative. I knew
1: the Great American Bash back in the day, yeah. like in the w- days yeah that was really interesting and, and entertaining and you had a lot of a lot of wrestling greats within the pay-per-views like yeah sting yeah. dusty Rhodes, rick flair you they've, know, got, they've got great talent yeah. here
0: i'm not gonna say that the the matches were bad or the talent is bad what i'm saying is is these are these are grabs to get you to watch during an era where they're fully aware you have no interest in watching that's I hear why you. I made the joke on social media. Was like, "What's next? You're gonna do a Halloween Havoc? You're gonna bring back November to Remember? Just keep rolling these shits out. I'm not watching until people come back."
1: To be because, honest uh, with you, AJ, I would not mind seeing AEW get the name for the pay per view World War Three. To be honest with you,
0: no, I don't think anybody would, not I think AEW would love to have it, but I think the WWE is going to have a problem letting that go. You see, they just renewed the Cody Rhodes trademark. And he doesn't even fucking work for the company. They're doing Correct. it. They're doing it just to do it because they can do it. So I, I, as far as World War III goes, that's going to be a long shot. I don't see that happening anytime soon.
1: soon. I hear you. My on. other question is, and this has really been bugging me lately: okay. what's up with John Cena not liking AJ Styles? Like as a person, as a performer actually. He As said that he never wanted AJ Styles to be in WWE since day one when he got signed. Yeah, well, there's 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 probably two reasons
0: for that. One, which is the obvious, that Styles' actual style at the time didn't mesh with what the WWE was doing. AJ, for years, was the Epitome, the picture of what WWE is not. Just balls out, hundred miles an hour, full on wrestler, spot show, whatever you can think of. He was a he was a thrill ride. He was an attraction guy. And yeah. WWE didn't want that. The second reason John probably said that, and I'm just this is just my opinion, is he probably didn't want AJ at <laughs> the WWE did, because he, he didn't fight. want to go AJ speed. <laughs> that would have been a long night of work for John. John by the time AJ got to John AJ was at a point in his life where slow was good. He was fine with that. Mm-hmm. O so, five Cena versus O five Styles, it would have been embarrassing for John. It would Styles
1: would have taken a nap on that match. That's actually probably why John didn't want it. AJ was supposed to sign with WWE back in the Attitude Era. Is that correct? Because he wrestled Hurricane on, uh, I believe it was uh, Velocity, yes. and he beat Hurricane, and they offered AJ a contract, but they he had- said no. He wasn't ready.
0: Well, it was a little bit more than that. He had three dark matches, obviously, actually. Um, The Hurricane one was the one that made TV. The legitimate reason, uh, so he says, that he uh, turned down the offer uh, was because his wife, Wendy, was going through law school at the time. Uh. Didn't want to travel on the road 24-7 knowing that he had kids at home while his wife was trying to finish her schooling so she can follow her career. So he mm-hmm. remained with TNA because the TNA schedule was a lot less of a light load, and it didn't require too much activity on uh, on his part as far as monthly and weekly. So it was an easier schedule. Once the kids became older and she was done, he was so far down the TNA
1: road, it was kind of too late at that point. But also, he did I remember AJ is also a graduate from the, I believe, Monster Factory, which was the school where wrestlers became end up working for WCW, am I correct? Or the power plant, I mean. It was the power plant. My bad. Uh
0: try to think back now. I remember the story he told about him and a buddy going and it was the buddy that was trying to be a wrestler. He went for shits and giggles and and ended, yes. ended up finding out that he had a real knack for it. But I'm not I can't confirm that it was the power plant. It would make sense because at his age when he debuted on Nitro coming from yeah. the power plant that would have opened the door, so it makes sense. I don't remember off the top of my head, but it does
1: follow. It does make a little bit of sense, yeah. hmm And also, I've been hearing news lately about some evidence been, like revealed in the case that has to do with Matt Riddle. But I don't know if that is true or not. Well, what did you hear? I don't know. I haven't heard they anything. They said that there was criminating evidence against Matt Riddle that he did do something. But he's still on SmackDown, though. I saw his match. Like I haven't watched SmackDown lately, but I watched it earlier today. Right. And he was wrestling. Uh, I believe he was wrestling John Morrison.
0: John Morrison. Right. 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 Yep. Um, if well, first of all, those show that match was taped a while ago. So if this is new, new, then it wouldn't affect uh, his TV matches because again, they're they're already in the can.
1: Um, yeah. This is. It, a, it was kind of funny when King Corbin mentioned Fast Times of Rich Matt High, okay. I started laughing because you said he reminds him of Spicoli, you know, Sean Penn, amazing actor, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, as I know I've
0: worked with Matt, but I wouldn't call him a, a friend. Um, I worked and would actually, to a degree, call myself a friend to the lady. So... Mm-hmm. I am waiting okay. to hear official news before I comment further on that because I'm not entirely sure. The last okay. thing that I heard about it was that it was settled on both sides. So if there's new information, I haven't heard it yet. So, okay. But trust and believe me because I've done this before on my show. If I do hear it and it it's confirmed, I will talk about it. <laughs>
1: uh, of course. I know you will. Yeah, I'll uh, talk about it. I got part 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 no problem part. talking
0: about it. I just want to what make sure that it's official. i
1: let you go. Uh, do you think... That the title reign of Adam Cole might be coming to an end on night two of the Mer- uh, Great American Bash.
0: Um. Well, we've res- we had a leak recently, didn't we? The uh, some some one of the uh, Bollywood boys put a picture of Keith Lee with two belts on his Instagram story, and he got in trouble for it. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. If- take that with a grain of salt. Maybe that's something. Uh, if you're asking me if it's in trouble. No, but if you're asking me if it should be, yes. I'm. Like, I, I, this is going to sound ridiculous, but I'm kind of over Cole as NXT champion.
1: I, because don't, also, I don't think he needs think to be the Keith, champion. Uh, unfortunately, Keith Lee loses. They should just pick him and take him to the, you know, the main roster. No doubt. He's entertaining. He's full of charisma. He's awesome in the mic. He's got a good voice even when he sings. The problem, with the, the problem with call-ups isn't what they can
0: do. It's how they're used. So as good as he is and as talented as he is, if Vince doesn't use him in that way, then it's a waste of time. Shayna Baszler right now is in purgatory. and She's
1: a 5 player. What I heard. So. That's what I heard. I heard that Vince does not like her. And yeah, I don't know why because she's not because
0: really like because her style is strictly MMA, and they tweaked it to look to they tweaked her MMA style to look pro wrestling. But to yeah. him, it's reversed. To him, her pro wrestling looks MMA, and he's not an MMA guy. And that does and, not kind of make sense. And not Vince for nothing, Ryan, she don't because, look like a WWE.
1: Yeah, I hear you, superstar. Because Shayna, actually, she used to wrestle in Shimmer, and she did the same thing as Matt Riddle did. She paid her dues to the wrestling business. She perfected her craft. She learned from the best, you know, wrestlers to train her. And now Vince is saying, oh, I can't do anything with her because she's more, like, MMA style than wrestling. That's ridiculous. Like, for instance, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of wrestlers that step into the MMA world, and they're still wrestling in the wrestling business. Like, for instance, Ken Shamrock. He was the ultimate fighter before he even got into the WWE, correct? Absolutely. Same thing with,
0: like, Brock Lesnar. Hold on, the- hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The problem with Shamrock is that Shamrock was training for pro wrestling before UFC. He failed as a wrestler, wound up in UFC, found a niche, got over and then got value for the WWE. So he was kind of already in that world, and Vince knew that. But that was back in the day when Vince was kind of on top of things. In 2020... Like, you just mentioned a second ago, oh, Shayna cut her teeth in Shimmer. Vince has no clue what the fuck Shimmer is.
1: He exactly. No, he has no because,
0: clue. And yeah. If you didn't exactly. cut your teeth with him, you didn't cut your teeth. He doesn't
1: really give a shit what Matt so Riddle did exactly or what Shayna your did. I don't care if you've been to the indies. When you go to NXT and prove to us, then you paid your dues, correct? Uh, that depends on the person, because there's a lot of people who pay their
0: dues in the NXT that got called up and he immediately wiped his ass with it, so... Again, Mm -hmm. unless you pay your dues with him, he does Uh not give a fuck. AJ did not get the push that he got immediately because of his Japan run or because of his TNA run. AJ got the push early because they hyped him up, and when he met Vince, they hit it off. If they Uh wouldn't have hit it off, he wouldn't have been a WWE superstar for long. Period. It didn't matter what AJ accomplished. It doesn't matter what anybody accomplishes until uh-huh. you prove it to him he does not care
1: yep
0: so thank you very much thank you. i gotta let you go so i gotta let you go uh i'm gonna continue on with the flow of the show brother all right okay uh, sounds good right? thank you right, very brother. much, Have Have a very good much one. no until one. next time until next time brother. thank you so much he is always so enthusiastic but i love it i love the enthusiasm the man has a million questions and i love it I love it. I can sit here. I could probably do two hours with just him <laughs> being my uh, my Brian last and asking all these incredible questions they are all great questions, but it actually ties into a little bit of what we were talking about here uh, or where we're going to t- what we were going to talk about, because after the Hulu thing uh, is out of the way and I'm going to skip it now because we've ran through a bunch of other stuff. We're already talking wrestling, so we might as well start on the wrestling train. Let's go ahead and talk about this kind of stuff here. And uh, as far as cutting your teeth, he brought up a very good point. I'm looking at my notes here and the different things that I was going to talk about. He's talking about cutting teeth here. He's talking about paying your dues uh, in the wrestling business. In the world of the WWE, the WWE is the wrestling business. (laughs) There is no other wrestling business. Everything you were doing before is just wrestling practice. They're not worried about what you did beforehand. It's not a big issue for him. It's not a big concern of his. It's not something that's going to make him look more favorably upon you. If you walk up to him and say, hey, I was the IWGP heavyweight champion. The fuck is that? Okay. I don't care. Can you go out in segment three and rock the house with with Randy Orton or with this guy? Can you do that? Because if you can do that, then we will make some money with you. If you can't do that, then we're not going to fucking worry about it. So that's kind of the thought process that he thinks. And there's one guy, there's one guy that epitomied that. There's one guy that even he himself, that Vince says is, that's the fucking guy right there. Like, he's a fan of that guy. There's one guy that stands above the rest. And he laid his career to rest a few weeks ago. And I missed it because we were too busy talking about other shit. And I couldn't get into it. But I'm going to get into it now because I feel the need to get into it because I hadn't said my piece about it. And quite frankly, I'd like to hear your piece or pieces or whatevs about this particular topic, which, of course, is The Undertaker. Vince McMahon's probably his greatest creation and probably the one wrestler that he would probably say he probably is a fan of. And that's The Undertaker. The Undertaker supposedly laid his career to rest a 30-year WWE career, which is being gracious because November would make 30 years. but with that, And his career in general as a pro wrestler began in 1987. So, again, another whole other bag of shit. So, we're talking about a, 33, 30, a 33-year career altogether. 30 years with the WWE, which is amazing. I remember when they made a big deal of his 10th year. They were calling it the Decade of Destruction, and that was... Uh, Well, apparently it was 20 years ago when they were making that fucking conversation. And I got a chance. I didn't comment on it because I wanted to watch the documentary first. I hadn't had a chance to sit down and actually watch the documentary. And I have now done that. I've seen all the chapters. I've seen every single minute of this documentary. And I got to tell you, it actually, (laughs) I wish I hadn't seen it. To be honest with you, as good of a documentary as it was, it looked great, flowed, told the story. I'm really upset that I saw this documentary because, as, as I told the story on this show, my my wife and I have seen some of those later year performances, uh, live. We got a chance, like for instance, the SummerSlam main event with Taker and Lesnar. We were there live for, and there was a couple of instances of house shows and the such where we got to see uh, The Undertaker perform live. Saul just said I wouldn't mind seeing The Undertaker as a GM. No, thank you. Unsubscribe. I don't want to see him anywhere near wrestling if he's not going to be The Undertaker. Uh, He needs to stop, and he needs to go, and he needs to take a break, and then come back and do some fucking hits and and let the bell gong for a little bit and keep the nostalgia going when it comes to him. I don't... Again, I... I've been back and forth on nostalgia. I don't like the overusage, but a bell toll every now and then, it's fantastic. But I really wish I hadn't seen this documentary. Because in the building, when we were watching his later year performances, my wife and I would constantly have conversations where we would look upon these matches and be sad. It would be sad to see these matches. It made us very, very uncomfortable to watch these matches. And I'm going to be completely honest. This documentary just made me sadder because watching all the, because you could just tell by the matches you're going for too long here. Taker your career. The Iggy for your career was a while ago and you're, you're over your past your, your limit here. You're still pushing. You could tell that from the matches to see the documentary and to see all the shit and the shenanigans that took place leading up to the matches, it just it just made me so depressed. Just I didn't want to finish it. The only reason I ended up finishing it was because I found out that people were saying about his retirement at the end. So I said, "Fuck it, I'll take the ride," so that I can enjoy that. I can enjoy that announcement kind of at the end. But even the announcement itself was just half-hearted. He, I don't even think he believes it. He keeps telling himself, I have no desire to get in the ring. Which, first of all, wrong choice of words. Because you clearly have a desire. You don't have the ability to. Your body is cashed out. And I'm not saying that as a shot. I'm not saying it as a negative. I'm not trying to take a shot at The Undertaker. That's not what this is about. I'm just simply saying, visibly to the eye, uh, you went against your own word. Which was, you never wanted to be that guy that did it for too long. Or for hung- that hung on for too long. And that is exactly what she did. Uh, you didn't want to be a parody of yourself. That's exactly what you were. And I'm not I'm not trying to be disrespectful or knock him. Because he said the words. When he watched his Roman Reigns match back. When he watched the Goldberg match back. Those were his words. I'm repeating them. I'm not calling him names. I'm repeating his words. He was becoming a parody. So he understood. Exactly what the situation was. And. The one thing that I took from this documentary that I thought was was so telling is that it's it's the it king from Michelle, which was the, the circle of damage that he does to himself. Well, I want to go on on top. So he has the match, but it's bad. So I'll have another match so that I can get on top. So then he has the other match, and it's great. But it's so great, I think I can do it again, and then it's shit. Well, it was shit. I don't want to go out like that. And then it's just this big vicious circle that the way that she was describing it sounded like all those people that that always tell you when they have an addiction, I can stop when I want. I just choose not to stop right now. If I wanted to stop, I could. I just don't want to. You know, it's not one of those things. You know, I have full control over this. I could stop on a dime and it's great and it's fine and I don't have to worry about shit. It sounded like that. And much like that, when you see someone strung out on that addiction toward the end, it's kind of what we saw here. He didn't want to let it go. That's pretty much how that goes. And it made me personally sad to see it. And they did it and and, and showed it in great detail. Every up and down and and every surgery and the workouts. And I got to tell you, it's hilarious to see The Undertaker running ropes And taking flat bat bumps and just doing the usual wrestling school bullshit that we all have to do. And it just makes you even more secure when you tell these young kids, hey, we all do them. You got to do them too. And you show them footage of The Undertaker doing it and it's just hilarious to think about. But The Undertaker uh, held on for far too long. For far too long. It's been over. I would like to claim that I was at the last great match The Undertaker truly had, and that was WrestleMania 29 against CM Punk. Everything after that, in my opinion, was just, I don't know. The closest, and I think he said it in the documentary, he really felt it, uh, was Extreme Rules when he tagged Roman Reigns. Uh, that was, uh, that was, uh, Taker should join the DDP Yoga Club, I don't DDP yoga helps, and I'm sure it would help him to a degree. But he has a robot leg, doesn't he? Doesn't he have, like, the whole metal <laughs> ball and joint socket? Uh, ball and socket joint, excuse me. Uh, thing going down. There's only but so much DDP yoga can do. I got DDP yoga over here in the house as well. I use it. It's fantastic. It can't, it can't heal the body. It can help the body. It could speed up the process if you take care of yourself, but 33 years of car crashes is not going to be solved by DDP yoga. And I know people say, "Well, it worked for Mick." It did not work for Mick. It gave Mick some relief, and I've seen him since the DDP yoga. And I've gotten a chance to, 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 to walk around with him a little bit, and he he moves better, but he's broken. <laughs> these guys, these old heads, who really put their bodies through it, DDP yoga helps the quality of life, but it hurts and this is not an easy job to do especially at that level of success for that long the undertaker and i don't think there's a debate for this is the greatest wwe superstar of all time there is no debate i believe about that no one did it for no one did it better for as long for as high a caliber as in main event level talent and drew more money than this guy. Nobody. There isn't a single name on the list. Now, it's funny because I'll sit here and tell you unequivocally he's the greatest WWE superstar of all time because of everything that he's done, but there's a difference between greatest superstar as far as a performer and a businessman and then your favorites. People will, well, I don't know if The Undertaker is the greatest of all time. If you don't think The Undertaker is the greatest WWE superstar of all time, then your only argument is if you say another name, it's because you liked him more. And we're not arguing favorites here. I just said he's the greatest WWE superstar of all time, but if I did a top 10 right now of my favorite WWE superstars, he would probably be fourth or fifth. So we're not talking about favorites. I'm just saying as a business, as a professional wrestler, there's no greater WWE superstar than The Undertaker. There just isn't. He's the greatest gimmick of all time. He's drawn money for 30 consecutive years he's wrestled on top both in 1990 and 2020. he made vented night one of WrestleMania 36. that is a level of on top that is unequivocal to anyone who's ever stepped in a WWE ring. no one has drawn the money no one has had the matches no one has had who's built no one has built up uh, talent over the years the way that the undertaker has there's no dispute of this nancy my favorite memories of taker is when he would team up with Kane as the brothers of destruction that's what i'm saying there were so many different variations of the undertaker not just uh uh, a dead man taker but ministry taker and badass taker and roland taker and all kinds of big evil there's so many different variations he was able to evolve with the times no one did it better there's no one better absolutely at all whatsoever so, for everybody who was throwing out those thank yous, I would like to throw mine out as well. Hashtag thank you taker. But at the same time, it it took too long to get there. <laughs> I'm glad, hey, listen, aesthetically speaking, I'm glad it got to 30. I was going to make a hell of a t shirt on pro wrestling tees when that contract is up. But it it <laughs> should have ended a long time ago. It should have ended a long time ago. It made for a great documentary, but at the same time. And if anything, if you want to make the argument that it should have ended, Just before Goldberg, maybe I'll take it. Goldberg was not the match to go on on. I was actually, and this is going to probably shock some people, but unless you listen to the show regularly, then you're probably hearing this for the first time. I was super excited for the Taker-AJ match when it was first announced. Because remember what I just said. His last great match was with Punk. And if you watched that match, Punk carried a lot of that load. At WrestleMania. He, he truly did. If you really look back at that match, Punk overdid a lot of usual shit for him because it was The Undertaker and because it was WrestleMania. Every match Taker had after that was against a guy. He should not have been wrestling. He should not have been in the ring with Lesnar one on one. I know he had a concussion, but let's be honest, it shouldn't have happened that way. He had Bray Wyatt at 31. Okay. He, uh, 32. Where the fuck was 32? What am I? Oh, Dallas who do he have? Who the fuck did he wrestle at Dallas? Who was the takers? O- Shane. Shane. Okay. But Shane, he, Shane's not really a wrestler. So he's in that list too. He shouldn't have been in the ring with a Hell in a cell. Hell in a cell. No. A 33, that was the Roman Reigns one? Nope. Should not have happened. And the John Cena one? I was fine with that because of the way that it happened. It was like, what, two minutes, they said? He The bell... Ru- the the, the, the gong hit the bell rang he hit a tombstone it was over he was done and out uh, shouldn't have happened but and I'm making a strong but here the AJ Styles match I was genuinely excited for because I was ready to see somebody do the one thing all those other opponents don't do and that's bump that's why Taker and Lesnar shouldn't have happened Taker and Lesnar are two performers who do not bump they bump each other and their matches, but as a whole, character-wise, they do not fall down. Thirty-one with Bray Wyatt, Bray does not bump a lot; he does not fall down. That's kind of the way the gimmicks were structured. Okay, now thirty-two with Shane, Shane falls down a lot, but Shane doesn't fall down because you make him fall. Shane does a lot of damage to himself. He jumps off the top rope, jumps off the top of the cell. Shane kills himself. That doesn't get Taker over. That gets Shane over. As we learned by Shane's abysmal treatment of The Miz and completely destroyed The Miz's career after 30, what was that, 35 in New York or New Jersey that I was there for, I literally was in the building to watch the destruction of The Miz's career. It was hilarious. So that doesn't work because... Taker gets over when he's destroying his opponent. That's what The Undertaker does. So if you're going to kill yourself, it's not going to really work out for you. So then we move on to 33, Roman Reigns and The Undertaker. Roman Reigns does not fall down. He's not a bumper. He doesn't bump around. He takes a few falls here and there to get the story across, but for the most part, he's upright. These are all rigid guys, and Taker does not thrive in that situation. He needs to be against a guy who's going to bump around. That's why his best matches are against... Guys that are not afraid to get hit and get the shit kicked out of them. Bray and Taker was an awesome match. It was an awesome match because the gimmicks worked, but it wasn't an awesome match in terms of work because the two of them have different, com- completely similar styles. Completely. Very similar. Bray was... Sub- As a matter of fact, wasn't that the whole shtick of the Bray character in the beginning? He was like a younger Taker. That was the whole point of this match was to kind of pass that m- Taker baton to the next guy. That's why the match really didn't work the way that it did. Not older Taker. Younger Taker would have bumped around for Bray to really pass that torch over. But it didn't work out that way because shit is the way that it is. Roman doesn't fall down. So the Taker match wouldn't really... Roman Reigns really takes bumps. Exactly. He's not supposed to. He's Superman. All these guys at Taker are wrestling are supermen. That's why I was excited about AJ. Because if there's a fucking guy on the planet who can get people over by falling down, it's fucking AJ Styles. I just knocked the shit out of my fucking laptop right now. It's fucking AJ Styles. On the documentary, Edge said, and it was perfect, Edge looked at, uh, Edge looked at, he goes, if you look at the roster, and you, and you look top to bottom, you look at the roster as a whole of current superstars. And you, and you point and you say, that's the guy that I want to have my last match with. You're going to pick AJ Styles. Because athletically, he's going to give you the match that you want, which is the key in booking. That's the match that's going to make the Undertaker look like the fucking Undertaker. And the proof is in the pudding. The, the, the Boneyard match, although cinematic and garbage on that end, the fight itself was really good. I was actually really down on the Boneyard match when it happened. But having seen cinematic matches since the Boneyard, I no longer feel that the Boneyard match was really that bad in comparison to the bullshit that I have seen since because we weren't really seeing cinematic matches before WrestleMania. So to see him at WrestleMania was kind of a shock. But I've seen cinematic matches since. And I got to tell you, the Boneyard match is my favorite cinematic match so far. Because if we're going to get the bullshit we got for Money in the Bank then the Boneyard match is a fucking masterpiece in comparison. In comparison. So I would have rather have seen Taker and AJ inside of a ring surrounded by 70,000 people at Raymond James Stadium and that, let that be the hurrah. Especially since that was in Tampa. And that would have been awesome as a as a uh, throwaway to end his career kind of in the Florida territory. That would have been nice. a nice little, little tip of the cap, I guess, for the Undertaker. Uh, but that really would have been a cool way to end the, the whole career right there. That would have been awesome. That would have been dope. Uh, do, 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 do AJ Styles is the true face of WWE right now and changed my mind. Well, you might have some cut kickback on that because, yeah, AJ's good. But, man, I got to tell you, I'm really feeling Randy Orton right now. <laughs> I'm really feeling Randy Orton right now. We're starting to get an idea. This is what COVID has done. COVID is exposing a lot of people in the WWE because there are people who can, who are consummate professionals who are really, really good at what they do, who are not only maintaining how over they are to an audience with no audience there, some of them are actually increasing in popularity because now we're starting to learn who the real workers are, not the wrestlers that the WWE trained up to perform in front of audiences when they do the stupid... It happened a lot in the beginning. You're starting to see less of it now because we've been in this pandemic for so long. But for the people who still react to an audience even though they're not there, who do the stupid promos, and they're just not performing in a wrestling aspect, they're still doing the WWE bullshit. And they're they're getting exposed because now we're starting to really see who the true, genuine workers are in the WWE. And right now, uh, you said because Randy Orton is back to being the legend killer to, to a degree i think he surpassed that He's surpassed the legend killer he surpassed the apex predator he's just fucking randy orton at this point that's why when, when when randy orton does those promos where he tells people you know you had to i got over just being randy orton that was it and it's true because he's interesting as fuck just him just randy randy is such a smug arrogant piece of shit that it's fun to watch on tv and it helps that he's a fucking wrestler and a half. How many other people do you know? Do you know how good you have to be to be a 40-year-old fucking man and tell the 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds in NXT, "Hey, good shit, but you're still not catching up to me." And you fucking kidding? You know how fucking great? Because he, because the only people that gave Randy Orton shit for his comics was for his comments were the fucking NXT guys. The fans didn't give Randy Orton any shit because they know. Oh, you know, it's Randy Orton, what are you gonna do, you know, any weekend warrior asshole off the street goes on social media and talks shit about Tommaso Ciampa, he's gonna get fucking canceled on Twitter, but Randy Orton said some shit, and dudes is like, uh, well, I'm, you know, I don't agree, but, you know, it's Randy Orton, what the fuck are you gonna, you ain't gonna do shit, it's Randy Orton, already in legend status he's been in legend status he's been in legend status what it'll be twenty he's been in legend status quite a while actually he he surpassed all that shit so i don't even know speaking of legend status let's talk a little bit about this guys let's move on to the next to the next bit because you want to talk about so i'll just sit right now randy orton aka the twitter savage well you know you know who's pretty savage as well uh, this chick's got some ball. Did y'all hear the Tessa, Tessa Blanchard situation? Okay, we got we listen. <laughs> Hold on, we we got we got to talk about Tessa for a second. Since we talking savages, we talking savages right now. Here's a second generation savage right here. Right? All right? Cause I would even count Randy Orton a second or a third generation savage. I don't think Bob Orton. Senior Orton Jr. had the balls that Randy got. That came from his mama or something. That's from a different side. Because Bob Orton Jr. was a team player. <laughs> Randy Orton ain't went to bullshit. Tessa Blanchard, on the other hand. Now, if douchebaggery, if if arrogance, if if straight-out fucking badass mentality was hereditary, if that shit was genetic, Then she got this shit. Because if Tully Blanchard would have cut off his dick. And got implants. And made himself a woman back in 1980. Whatever the fuck. That would have been the original Tessa Blanchard. She is not a chip off the old block. She is a mirror image of this motherfucker. Tessa Blanchard don't fuck around. She don't play games with anybody. I heard news WWE is interesting. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. She don't fuck around. She don't play games with anybody. Okay? Tessa does what Tessa wants. Period. She is not with the bullshit of trying to entertain the thought of somebody else telling her what to fucking do. That's not going to work. For those of you who are unaware of what I'm talking about, Tessa Blanchard, who was the Impact Wrestling World's Heavyweight Champion. Not the knockout champion, mind you. She was the Impact Wrestling World's Heavyweight Champion. And she was the champion for about a a month or so? Not long. Not long. I think she had like one defense. I'm not even sure. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I don't watch the fucking show. So I don't know how many defenses she had. I just know that it felt like it wasn't a very long reign... And then it, uh, the pandemic hit and she, apparently she lives in Mexico. I don't know how the fuck that works, uh, with citizenship or whatever the fuck. I know she's engaged to be married to, uh, a Mexican wrestler. I forgot his name. I want to say Draga or something like that. I don't know. She's, she's engaged to be married to somebody and she's living out in Mexico. Anyway, and Impact is here in the States, I think. I don't even know where they're taping. I'm so lost in some of this stuff. I just don't keep track of it. But I got to talk about the fucking Tessa Blanchard situation. And she was their champion. And I sat on this show multiple times and tried to come up with reasonable scenarios on how to get that belt off of her. Or at the very least, get that belt transitioning around, back and forth, whatever. Without killing her character and without stopping her pushing anyway because she was, for a long while, their their top draw. Even though, ironically, she beat the draw to do that. Sammy got her ass over and got her ass to a championship. And that's just the fucking fact of it. And uh, now the pandemic hits. She goes home. A lot of the guys and gals are still working the shows. Uh, For safety reasons, she... Didn't want to come to the shows. She was in Mexico. I think the ruling in the beginning was is that she couldn't. She couldn't enter through the border or whatever because of the pandemic. And then it became, uh, well, we're going to be doing a bunch of things with the title. Can you send some promos, send some videos? And I don't know what her response was exactly. But she didn't do any fucking promos. And she didn't do any fucking videos. As a matter of fact, I checked. She didn't even say shit on Twitter. She was radio silent. So they terminated her contract immediately and they stripped her of the title. I don't know if they've received the belt yet. Again, I don't watch the show. But her contract apparently was terminated immediately and completely, which would mean she does not have the nagging essence of a, of a non-compete. She doesn't have a clause. From what I understand, her contract is 100% null. So small here but up a good point. I'm not sending you my belt, homie. That's not happening. Speaking of belt, you can send me the title belt behind you. Nah. Old Faithful stays with the Oster. Um, She's been getting a lot of offers. WWE has come up. We've heard some rumblings about MLW. There's a couple of feelers out there. Obviously, people always throw New Japan out there, but New Japan doesn't hire women like that. So, you know, Joshi... Joshi companies out there. Shimmer, there's a bunch of different things going on. And the end result is this. Tessa gonna do what Tessa's gonna do. WWE had a chance to sign her before she went to Impact when she came through for the May Young Classic. They didn't sign her. Now, the rumor mill hit. They didn't like her attitude. Now, mind you, WWE already has crazy heat, Tully. That's why Tully rarely, if ever, I think he's made a few appearances here and there in the Hall of Fame. They don't touch Tully with a ten-foot goddamn pole, because Tully always got heat with everybody. So Tully, the Blanchard name already got heat, and then she came in and did whatever she did, and they said, "Nah." Now, if I don't know if anybody remembers, she had a standout match with Kyrie Sane, who was the eventual winner. Was she the winner of the? Yeah, she beat Shane Day in the tournament final right yeah Kyrie was the eventual winner and that was a hell of a first round matchup she put it all out there I guess because she figured I'm not I'm not advancing so I might as well go balls out and she did she had a standout performance and a lot of people were like Whoa, she's definitely getting signed and then they didn't and again rumor mill poor attitude whatever the case may be and then she was out the door and impact didn't seem to have a problem with her gave her a push Knockouts champion, transitioned into a few with Callahan, made her the world champion. But everywhere she goes, nothing but negativity about that name, Tessa Blanchard. Nothing but. I've personally spoken to female wrestlers who've got nothing, nothing nice to say about Tessa Blanchard. Not even a fucking little bit. So be easy. I wish you the best, Tessa. And there's a lot of fucking names a lot of companies out there looking for the services of a cancer Blanchard but here's the thing with that and Swoll says I wouldn't mind seeing her in AEW I don't it, to be honest with you if she feel, if she goes to AEW she will immediately be the top female so she's got that going for her she goes to the WWE she's paying dues what did we just talk about if you didn't pay your dues here you ain't done shit I don't think Vince is phased or impressed at all that she won the Impact Wrestling championship at all. So she's going to have to prove it again when she gets in. I miss the Tully versus Magnum TA feuds in the NWA days. Oh, those were good days, brother. Those were good days. I got to do, you know, nothing nothing. I would love to do some my my brains working right now. I would love to do some throwback some throwback episodes. Just talking old school shit and not doing anything really current just old school shit like pick an era or a topic or a company or a wrestler or a team and just do old school shit. That would be a lot of fun I think because I think there's a lot of old heads that listen to my show that uh, remember those good old days like they were yesterday that lived it and existed in it. I did an interview a while back with a gentleman by the name of Brandon Turner. Uh, he did a podcast uh, called uh, King of Wrestling Podcast where he interviewed me but we, we got a little you know, before we recorded, we got into it a little bit. Now, he lives down in Mississippi, so he's in the South. So you know his Southern wrestling history is immaculate. He was very surprised to find out that a New Yorker like myself, he got a little NWA, UWF, little Southern wrestling knowledge himself. So we hit it off actually really good. So there might be some, uh, I don't know, I'm thinking about that now. You guys get me thinking. I might want to do some old school wrestling shit. Um, Old, old school, 80s, 70s. I can go further back than that, be honest with you. Uh, Nancy, any company would like to hire Tessa? Yeah, I mean, all, in all honesty, every company uh, would love the services. But are they willing to carry the bag that comes with it? Because Tessa, Tessa's favorite wrestler is Tessa. <laughs> you know, Like the old Jerry the King Lawler thing. You don't believe her, just ask her. She'll tell you. Tessa is worried about Tessa. Now, that sounds like I'm taking a shot. I don't actually think that's a negative thing. I think it's dope that as a female in this industry, after we, we just spoke about a few weeks ago about how females are being treated in the industry for at least one female to just alpha male this motherfucker to death, that shit is dope. I love the fact that she's got the balls just like, nah, I'm not doing that. No, nah, I'm not doing that. I love it, personally. So, I think, I know any company would love to have her, but how long will she last with whatever company? And yeah, you know what? Everyone looks at Tessa versus Charlotte. Um, I have a lot of other matches I would rather see. I know I would love to see Tessa versus Charlotte, but Tessa and Io. Uh, I would have said Becky if Becky wouldn't have been preggers. But I mean, Tessa and Io, Tessa and Kyrie, Tessa and uh, Sasha, Tessa and Bailey. Fuck. There's so many different variants, Tessa and Rhea. Oh, take my fucking money. That's the next WrestleMania event main event, and I'm not bullshitting you. If you told me right now that next year's WrestleMania is going to have Rhea Ripley versus Tessa Blanchard for either the Raw or SmackDown Women's Championships co-signed, put the damn Jan Hancock on the paper. I will take it every time. I'll take it every time. That is a, that is my money match. Y'all talking Tessa and Charlotte. I want Tessa and Rhea. That's what I want. This is my brutality. That's what I want to watch. I'll watch that with an empty building. Because you know what? I saw Rhea and Charlotte in an empty building and the shit was fire. I love that match. It would have been even better. That match would have been a legendary WrestleMania match in front of an audience. That match in front of 70 people, 70,000, 70 people. It was actually in front of 70 people. If so it would have been in 70,000 people, Jesus, it would have been a classic match. They would have been talking about that match for years. Do it AJ. Give us an old school wrestling episode sometime, please. I'm I'm, you know what? Not for nothing, I'm strongly considering doing that. Strongly considering that. I'll go all out. I'll put a I'll put theme music together for the show. I'll decorate my fucking house. I want to I wanna do it right. Old school wrestling. I just got to pick which version of old school we're talking about because it's 2020. Technically speaking, ECW is old school. NWA is old school. WCW is old school. There's a lot of old school wrestling. The old UWF, old Minnesota, AWA uh, out there. Uh, the Fabulous Freebirds versus the Von. A- oh yeah, the uh, the old Dallas territory. Oh, there's a lot of different fucking the old Florida territory. My God, in heaven, I would I would have loved. Even you know, I'm learning. I know a lot about the territories, but I love learning more about it. And I always listen to different podcasts from the, a lot of the older wrestlers. Because remember back in the day, a lot of the older wrestlers couldn't talk about this shit. It's kayfabe. baby. we can't talk about this, but now. That's the one positive about people removing the K from the equation is now all these old guys have so many unheard stories that we've never heard before and they're just spilling out, man. Uh 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 I loved uh I know I've said before on the show that I listen to Cornet, but I listen to the uh the um the uh the podcast network from the Brian Last that has all those old school wrestlers on it when they do the po- I listen to that shit too, man. I love listening to those stories. Some of them are hard to listen to because the older they get, the more they 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 talk. They 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 they're, they're, they're talk. You know, they're senior citizens for the most part. So not only that, but their memory is hazy. So this shit happened literally fifty years ago. Trying to remember this shit, and it was high as fuck when it happened. So that really really puts the fucking pressure on. Uh, Sting versus Hollywood Hogan was gold. Yes, it was gold. Uh, Could have been better. And that's not me saying it. There's a lot of people. The only thing that sucked about, and we're getting off topic, but the only thing that really sucked about Sting and Hogan was Brett. I didn't need Brett a part of that. Don't bring that screw job shit over here, man. Don't do that. So I wish Tessa the best of luck in her uh, experiences here with these new companies, and I hope she figures that shit out. Real quick, we're going to throw this in real quick. A little, uh, a little New Japan update. I'm going to bring you guys a New Japan update for those of you who have not heard. I hadn't heard it myself until recently. Uh, I think it was the last time I was live. No, because we did speaking out. So before speaking out when I went live, I put up the... uh, I put up the... uh, bracket. The New Japan uh, bracket for the New Japan Cup 2020. I gave you guys that a few weeks ago. Uh, That bracket is now in its final stage the new japan cup uh 2020 is now in the finals and the final competitors is of course like like everyone predicted that day when i put the poster up okada is in the finals obviously but surprise surprise he'll be competing against evil in the finals and the winner of that between those two guys will face naito for both The IWGP Heavyweight and the IWGP Intercontinental Championship at Dominion. So I wanted to give you guys the update on that. I saw that recently on my feed. Dropped that down in my notes. I'm not entirely sure if you guys got a chance to see that. Do I still have that photo here? I do not. I removed it from my catalog here for my sequence. All right. Well, I'll probably be making room for this other shit. I did the other photo. What's this photo? Oh yeah, the pro wrestling magic photo. Okay, all right. So hey, you give give it the good and give it the bad. Yeah, yeah. Stevie Richards on speed could have called that one Okada. Okada, you know it's so funny. Okada's the guy in New Japan, right? I don't mean to go off topic because I'm I'm trying to get to another topic here, but I gotta say this shit out loud. Okada's the guy, right? I mean, we're all signed on for this, right? okada 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 it's always okada he's in every final he's in every championship match look nancy just said it right there Okada's going to win hands down which i'm assuming would lead to an okada naito rematch from wrestle kingdom at dominion okada 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 can i ask a serious question why the, how the fuck did okada become so bulletproof anybody else on top for that long over and over and over with seemingly no break in between just main eventing, show after show after show. How is he not shoved down our throats? How does that happen? How the fuck is he not bulletproof? I mean, how the hell did he become so bulletproof? Evil is engaged to Eel Shirai. Could we see him in WWE? Who knows? Well, who knows? If they keep Eo happy, perhaps. But get to my Okada point here. Why has he not been Roman Reigns? Why he, has he not been John cena What the hell is his deal? How does he keep staying on top for this long with almost seemingly no criticism at all whatsoever? Even American fans blow this man to no fucking end in sight. No end in sight. I've seen American fans who barely even watch any American wrestling anymore, and granted, it's not the easiest shit to watch anymore. And some of them live here, and all they watch is New Japan, and they treat him in the most godlike fashion I've ever seen. It's been a long time, and you just named one of the guys that I'm thinking about, Ric Flair. Okada has become the Japanese Ric Flair, is what Saul is saying. Ric Flair ran for a long time and did a lot of cool shit. But even he, at some point, you know, the rubber comes off the tire at some point. How the fuck is he lasting this long on top without getting any kind of backlash or anything? Because they're treating him the same way. Saul said the answer, uh, the answer because of Gato. And you know what? That might be the simplest answer. I might be trying too hard here, trying to find a ridiculously complex answer when it's really just that. Good booking. It c- could it be that? Could it simply be it's just good booking? Because he's not undefeated. He loses matches. He loses high-profile matches. He lost the match at Wrestle Kingdom that got Naito the championship. So it's not like he's undefeated. He's lost matches, but he never loses his fucking steam. Brother, when you say Gato knows how to book, you are not lying. I've seen... Probably more New Japan recently over the course of the last year or so, year or two. Pretty much, not to, be, to be honest with you, pretty much since I started this podcast, have I gotten a chance to see more New Japan than I did ever in my life or even in my career. And the more that I see Gato's decisions in action, the more I realize he's the best booker on the planet right now. And probably has been for a while. And he's been wor- and, and, and I give him credit not just for his creativity, but with the way that he bends things around because he's lost roster members after roster member after roster member to the WWE. He's lost them to overseas talent. He's lost them to injury. And he always manages to not only find a way to supplement the loss of high-cost talent, but build and slow burn new talent to become that next talent. He lost a huge draw in Kenny Omega and, boom, created Jay White. There seems to be no stop and flow. New Japan got hit with the pandemic, same as everybody else. But the only thing they didn't do, which is like everybody else, is they didn't continue. They stopped. They stopped wrestling. Until they were in a position where they felt comfortable and immediately jumped, bam, right into this tournament. And everyone's talking about him all over again. They don't miss a beat. The guy is a genius. The guy is a genius. And he's so good at booking, he was in this fucking tournament. And no one batted an eye. He was an easy... He was essentially a bye. It wasn't like we knew Okada wasn't, was going to lose. Could you imagine if Gato would have made Okada a first-round knockout in this tournament? This place would have shit all over itself. Saul, so AJ, if you remember, Okada was in TNA. They treated him like crap. When Okada went back home and he became the highest draw in New Japan, needed. TNA treated everybody like crap. They didn't know talent. They didn't know talent. They didn't know how to use talent. They did in the earlier stages when they had wrestlers... Booking the show when they had wrestlers, not wrestlers, but wrestling people, wrestling uh, people with experience and wrestling knowledge running the show. When the Carter family took over, it just became whatever the fuck, whatever the fuck that thing was and continues to be. Uh, But, yeah, no, I remember him being in TNA and I remember in TNA thinking when I remember watching TNA thinking to myself, I don't know who this fucking guy is. (laughs) He's a jabron. And, And I just I enjoy his work. But I wasn't really that overly enthralled with him. But again, it goes back to the booking. To take a guy like that and make him into a god, it's fantastic booking. It's fantastic. You you can't you can't get any better than Gato right now. I'm jealous as shit, to be honest with you. He did it in this tournament here. Uh, there was an injury done to Show in uh, Yoshihashi, and they used that in the. They made an angle out of it, and Evil did the whole deal where he basically beat the shit out of him for forever. Then they had a two-minute match, and they got a monster heat leading into the semifinal, which then eventually led him to the finals. They built the monster out of him based on someone else. He was able to take someone else's injury who wasn't going to win the tournament or anything, but he just had an injury, and he was able to take that to build another guy so high up that now it's becoming increasingly difficult to pick between him and and Okada. That's great booking. This guy's great. Ghetto booking is better than Antonio Inoki's booking in the 2000s. Maybe, because remember in the 2000s, Antonio Inoki, Inoki had a pretty stacked roster to work with at that time. So it would be very difficult to say, because I mean, it's like, it's the old question, is it the players or the coach? You know, Inoki had some great players. Was it really the coaching as opposed to now, I'm not saying I'm not saying that New Japan doesn't have great talent, but you can clearly see that it's the coaching, because the same pe. It's easier to see now because Anoki was dealing with talent that stayed with Anoki, so no flaws were ever really revealed. Gato is making stars, and then those stars are leaving him to go somewhere else, and they're not stars anymore. Kenny Omega is a, a, a shadow, uh, a glimpse of what he once was. Kenny Omega will probably never be as big a superstar outside of New Japan as he was in it. There's a lot of people like that right now who left Gato, and they're struggling hard. And I think it's all because of that. I they, they, Gato just knows how to get him out. Everywhere Okada goes, it rains money. That's right, baby, the money, the rainmaker. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit real quick. We're getting toward the end here. A little bit real quick about Evolve. We gotta talk about Evolve because um I told a story not too long ago. It was on the Kings of Wrestling podcast. Uh and I uh mentioned it a little bit and I mentioned on the show, my own show a few times, but earlier in the in the in the process. Uh I did a few Evolve shows. Um backstage stuff. I also called and commentated one of their uh I pay per views. I got a chance to do that. That was pretty cool. Uh, didn't really go anywhere because I was, I was more helping out in the situation because we were part of a dual show. I'll explain. Okay, so I was working for a company called FTW, Fight the World Wrestling, and they were doing junk shows with Evolve. We were doing the dark matches, then we were live on pay-per-view for Evolve. So that's why I was in the building to begin with, and then they needed help with something, and I just happened to be there, and my, and my boss said, hey, I think you could use this guy for now until your guy comes, and I ended up staying for the whole show luck would have it. So I've done some evolved stuff and uh, and I've gotten a chance to meet a lot of people there. I've met Gabe and Tre- uh, uh, Trevin. Trevin Lee was uh, a guy that I worked with. As a matter of fact, I think he's, he's the one that I called the show with. Worked with him a few times on a, diff- a bunch of different projects. Um, did evolve with the LaBoom show. That's where I called the show, but I've also done evolved stuff at different locations, just all around. in you know, New Jersey, in New York I've done evolve shows before in the past. Uh it says why is WWE trying to buy evolve? They're not trying to buy evolve. They did buy. Um they've been uh trying to get a hold of the library for forever. Uh they were originally I think they were trying to work out a deal to get the evolve library on the network. I think that was the original plan, not so much to own the company but just work out a financial agreement to where the Evolve program would be able to be on the network as additional content. That, I think, was the original plan, but I think things got expedited a little more than even Gabe might have wanted uh, because of the pandemic. We're not running shows. Promoters are basically eating money at this point, and uh, they sold the whole shebang. Uh, the WWE's not trying to do anything. They got it. They've got a library, they've got talent, they've got, they own the logo, they, they sold it, it's gone. <laughs> Which means that Evolve is officially dead, because I don't see WWE having any interest at all at running indie shows in the Northeast area, or wherever Evolve decides they want to do their shows from. I just don't see that happening. So, it's gone, and I'm sure a lot of the people that were a part of it will be either compensated or absorbed into the main company as backstage help or whatever the case may be. Uh, I had great times working with Evolve. I had great memories working on the shows and working with the talent. It was a great time. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, So it was very sad to hear that the WWE was going to incorporate it. But uh, it's a business move, and it was smart because WWE is smart because a lot of their talent, a lot of their talent came from Evolve. So it's not like they're throwing indie talent of some random, obscure reference. It's footage pertaining to a lot of their current superstars. So it's just additional uh, content on stars they already possess. So it's a smart, when you think about it, it's a smart business move. But unfortunately, this whole COVID thing is fucking with companies all around. I've I've... I've reached out to the companies that I'm trying to maintain my bookings with, but even, even they're concerned. You know, this whole COVID pandemic thing has fucked up indie wrestling pretty big. I know ICW stepped up huge to got my boy, Danny DeMonto went out there to Atlantic City and tore it up, literally, with their deathmatch style. Uh, but, we're, I mean, there's people out there that are trying to keep this bitch afloat, but it is hard. The economy crashing does not help literally at all. With what's been going on. Uh, I think they want to do it because of the talent and that WWE has now. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly why. Uh, So we have to keep this in mind as fans. Because I'm going to tell you something. When these wrestling shows open back up, you're going to see a lot of full buildings. Because I'm sure a lot of people have been kind of yearning for that live experience. And I know a lot of wrestlers are just yearning to get back into the ring and perform. But there's two things we have to keep in mind. A, these companies are eating money. So price gouging is probably going to happen. You're going to have some $20 tickets, but you're also going to have $25, 30 35 $40 tickets. It's just going to happen. If you really want to go see a show, I would suggest doing it. I wouldn't suggest promotions keeping it that way. Maybe starting off with the rush and then kind of just generally swinging down, you know. But uh, you're going to see some different prices. You're going to see some different things. Second, you're going to see some... You might see some shitty wrestling, to be honest with you. A lot of wrestlers haven't been working out in a ring because the facilities are closed. I'm not saying wrestlers aren't working out. And for the benefit of those who have the money, they've been probably working out in their own personal rings or whatever the case may be. I know a buddy who's doing that right now. Uh, An unnamed Ring of Honor superstar who's allowing... Certain people within his circle to borrow the ring and keep the rust off and stay in shape and stuff. So there's going to be some guys that still look like they got it. But you know what? There's going to be a lot of guys that are just going to be out of ring shape. That's just the way it is. So let's stay away from the 15 match card guys because that could be really a really shitty situation. Okay. But I was really sad to see it. Uh, I'm going to miss Evolve. It was good. It was a good run. It was a good run. We are, by the way, I appreciate uh, for it for doing the plug for my giveaway. Yes, yes, uh, I'm glad you hit me with that right then because I was about to head into the main event. But Let's talk about that for a second. Saul so here has his own Facebook group, uh, and they're doing, feel free to plug the group, uh, Saul, in the uh, chat box there. Uh, but he's got a group where he's doing uh, uh, giveaways, free giveaways. Uh, like autographs, pictures, things like that. You can check out. You can speak to Saul about it. You can hit up the group. Uh, please plug the group in the in the chat and um, so people know where to te- check that out. And uh, if you are interested in signing up to be involved in the giveaway, that's the guy to talk to down there, Swallows the Man. Uh, he listens to the show regularly, and I appreciate that dude so much. So I want to show some... Uh, when people support me, I like to support them back, so... That's what's going on with Spall. He's got some great stuff going down over there and a great group. Um, I've posted shows and stuff in there and got great reactions from people. So it's really good. It's really dope. It's a, it's an interesting situation. So uh, check that out. My group is called Glorious Age of Wrestling 3000. There it is. I always remember the 3000. That's how I search you. <laughs> I'll type in 3000. So let's head into our main event here, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about this. I've already mentioned the word a few times. Here we are. We're going to talk about some covid idiots for just a few minutes. This ain't going to be a long conversation because I'm not going to rehash shit that we've already spoken about on this show as it relates to uh, COVID. But I do, I do have to, um, we do have to have this conversation. So let's have it, right? Let's have the conversation. COVID-19 is real. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. Because it's July and I'm still being told it's a hoax. It ain't real. It's fluffed numbers and the like. So there's a lot of people who are making the decision all on their own to disobey orders and not wear masks and not wash hands and... Tear down face fences from public places and hang out in parks and hang out in general just around crowds of people. Uh, this is a regular thing. Now, here's my thing. If you want to make the decision on your own about you, about whether or not you want to wear a mask or whether or not you give a shit about your health, I'm going to give it to you. Uh, you can have it. It's yours. I'm not going to take that from you. You're right. I'm home most of the time. So I could give a shit. What you guys on the outside are doing with your lives. If I got to be the lone Mad Max. At the end of all this. I'm good with that. Natural selection. You want to roll the dice. Die. That's all up to you. I really don't give a shit. But when you're a human. When you're one human being. That's in charge of several hundred people at a time. And you don't enforce rules that are not only implemented by several facets of the government, but the CDC, all medical personnel involved uh, in the COVID-19 research, when they tell you as a businessman you are supposed to enforce these regulations and you don't, that makes you a piece of shit. Now, here's the thing. I've said this on my show before. I'll say it again. I'm 37 years old. I love the wrestling business. I'm going to continue to do uh my thing in the wrestling business for as long as I choose to do it. But I have no desire to be in the WWE, nor do I think at this point the WWE has any desire in having me. So on that note, I have no problems. Once again on this show, being uncensored and being honest. You got those people sick. You put them in danger. You're a piece of shit. I love wrestling. I give my all to wrestling. Literally. Sometimes my family feels it's too much. I give my all. I would never give wrestling. My life or the life of my family. These shows need to stop. These shows need to stop. I love wrestling, but I'm not, ev- I'm not even watching what you're doing. I'm not watching it. It isn't good. You're staying open and you're operating because you want to keep your contractual agreements intact. That's it. There is no other reason Stephanie McMahon can laugh and chuckle all she wants at meetings. And Triple H can do his mean face on NXT Wednesdays. And it doesn't fucking matter. You're trying to keep the machine going. And you had your fingers crossed the whole time that you were going to get away with it. We're just now learning that for two months, all you did... All you did after you told everyone that you were taking all the precautions all you did was t- check temperature that's it my son does that by himself and he's five he takes a thermometer and puts it in his mouth and we have a a finger thing that we bought at the, like at the hospital it's a heart monitor thing you put the finger on it gives you your your oxygen intake and it gives you your 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 uh, your heartbeat your, your bPMs for your for your heart My son does that he's five for two months you did that we find out now that during the course of those two months where all you were doing were taking temperature one of your talent was fucking pregnant you eliminated the fans you eliminated the fans for precautions But you still have staging, you still have cameramen, you have a commentating table. You have more than the allotted six, by far. None of them are masked. None of them are taking the precautions as far as wearing gloves or or separation. In a world where I can do commentary right now from my laptop, you have two top-tier professionals sitting next to each other, breathing and spitting and coughing and da-da-da-da on live fucking television. In an era where television shows are running exclusively on Zoom, you have a building filled with people. And then you had the governor of Florida say that you are essential business. On what fucking planet is the WWE or AEW or any wrestling promotion fucking essential? Now, listen to me. I already said this. I love wrestling. This thing is the most important thing in my life but if police officers and fire department and medical personnel and 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 security guards and mail people and supermarket cashiers and all of these everyday average people have to go outside to do their thing because their jobs is actually essential they work government jobs. They work with the people. They work. They have to get the mail out. They have to get checks cashed in order to keep what's left of the economy alive. That is what essential is. You are not fucking essential. Entertainment is not fucking essential. It isn't. I just told you guys at the start of this show, I've got like five or six different fucking streaming sites. I've got the WWE Network. You've got a catalog a mile long. I could never watch a live show again for two straight years and have more than enough content on your own fucking network to watch. You just fucking Evolve for that exact reason. You're not fucking essential. You've never been fucking essential. What you're trying to do is save yourself the hassle of haggling over a $250 million uh, deal from fucking Fox. That's what you're doing. That's it. There's no other reason. So you had your fingers fucking crossed that nobody would do anything stupid. But this isn't about being stupid. This is about everyday life. Your talent doesn't fucking live in the fucking performance center. They're traveling home. They're flying on flights in little tubes. I I literally, we've been, in my house, we've been calling airplanes Corona tubes for months. We've been calling them Corona tubes for months. There's gotta be nothing but bacteria in that fucking plane every fucking single time. And they have to go to the job, bump around for each other, and then go home and hug their fucking kids and get that shit on their family. And God forbid they have elderly living in their home or obesity or any other of the high-risk markers that this disease is attacking. All for what? Contractual agreements to a network That doesn't give a shit about any of you. You're not essential. And you got all of these fucking people sick. Not one, not two, not three. We've got 20 fucking people over there sick. Let me read something to you real quick. You know me, guys. I like to do my homework. I like to do my homework. I like doing wrestling homework. It's good for me. This past week, which was a taping for SmackDown and Raw, we found out there's a fucking outbreak. Not one or two people could, like before, like back in March or April, one guy, but he's being quarantined off, we're good. No, a good chunk of fucking people are fucking sick. But again, they won't tell you who's sick. They won't tell you how they're being treated. They won't tell you the precautions they're fucking taking. They won't say the fucking word coronavirus or COVID-19 on their fucking program. They won't do it. It's like they live in a fucking universe all to them fucking selves. The WWE universe is a real fucking thing. It just They're just oblivious to everything else that fucking happens. I'm going to read something to you. They had to rewrite SmackDown and Raw this week because there was no way they can continue forward with the usual program because they were missing... The Street prophets, AJ Styles, Austin Theory, Daniel Bryan, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Liv Morgan, Mandy Rose, Randy Orton, Natalya, Nia Jax, Otis, Tucker, Mojo Raleigh, Shorty G, Raquel Gonzalez, Rey Mysterio, Dominic, Seamus, Sh- uh, Shorty G, and Sonya Deville. Do you know why they weren't on the show? Because all those people that I just read off have brains in their fucking heads. Kevin Owens, which is the name that's on this list that I am the most proud of. Because Kevin, Kevin has a reputation of being a little mouthy. But I love his version of mouthy. Because he is an unadulterated truth giver. He will give you the fucking truth whether you're prepared to hear it or not. He does not give a fuck how you feel about what he has to say. And he's been very vocal during the course of this corona thing where he does not feel safe. Now, there's been a few times when he's been dragged back and he's had to come and do some work. And that's fine. He has to do what he has to do. But as soon as he heard the word outbreak, that motherfucker went home. Didn't ask. He packed his bag and he went fucking home because he has kids and he has a fucking family and this shit ain't worth it. I'm sure at least by now he's made enough money. He's made fuck you money. A lot of these guys here that I just listed off are very new. Street Profits is relatively new. Austin Theory, extremely new. Morgan, not new, but lower on the totem pole. There's a couple in here. Otis, who, who can't really afford. He's got the money in the bank. Raquel Gonzalez, which now looking back at, at the Great American Bash, the, I, can, I now notice why she wasn't there. I'm sure they weren't happy about that. A lot of Dakotas matches are booked around Raquel. But these are all people basically telling you, I can't. We're, we're, I'm no, I don't want to get sick. I don't want to get sick. I love, I love when people go online. I love it. When they go online, oh, this shit is overblown. This shit is overblown. This hasn't killed that many people. First of all, it hasn't killed that many people? You realize how stupid you sound when you say shit like that? It's not that bad. It's only killed a few hundred thousand people. Fuck it. What? Are you insane? The last huge outbreak that we got in 09. And I ran through the numbers already. I'm not going to go through this whole burger. I already did this on my show once. But the swine flu was the biggest one. One of the biggest ones. There were other ones. But I always look at swine flu because swine flu killed fucking millions. We didn't shut shit down. We didn't wash hands and wear masks or none of that shit. No social distancing. We, didn't- we lived like people weren't fucking dying sitting right next to us. And that's what people want. They just want to live their life not affected by a fucking thing. Until their mom, or until their dad, or until their sister, or until their son, or until their granddaughter gets corona, then it's serious. But until then, they're more than willing to sacrifice the rest of us so they can go to fucking Burger King without a fucking mask on. And WWE is right there in step with all of those individuals. First, it went out that Kevin Dunn didn't say we couldn't wear a mask. Yes, he did. That's proven now. He did say that. And for the exact same reason everybody assumed that he would. I knew it the minute... I saw them with no mascot, the first show that I saw with people standing in the stands in the fan area with no fucking mascot, I immediately knew that it was Kevin Dunn that was, uh, that's, you know, we don't want to put mask on because we don't want people thinking about the pandemic. What do you mean? Well, we're supposed to be an escape. We're supposed to be an escape. We're so we're supposed like when people argue stupidly, uh leave my politics out of wrestling, or leave politics out of my music, or you know, shut up and dribble or whatever the case may be. Distractions. This is supposed to be a distraction. How the fuck is it a distraction? You mean for two hours every Friday night when SmackDown is on, COVID doesn't exist anymore? We're distracted, so the virus is gone. It's ridiculous. Swall says, are wrestling talents doing this for money? Known the risk they are taking because of COVID-19? No. Here is the biggest reason why wrestlers were going to the performance center and performing on these shows regardless of the pandemic. Okay? It's a 2 it's a twofold thing. Money is not everything. It's not about the money. It's not about the money. It's got nothing to do with money. Nobody in that company have, have worked any of these shows for money. I promise you that. Okay, here is the two biggest reasons. One, contracts. A lot of them contractually don't have the option. If they were to stay home, they would get their contracts either revoked or held off. Meaning, if you took the six months off, they would just roll those six months over and you'd be stuck regardless. And they don't want to do that. They learned from Mysterio. Mysterio's mistake. Jeff Hardy is living that hell right now. Because Jeff Hardy got injured and they held his shit off. That's why Matt's gone and Jeff's still here. Because he has to continue to work for all that time that he wasn't there. So that's the first one. Contractually, I don't think they wanted to risk having any rollover and being stuck in this bullshit any further. The second, and this is I think is the biggest of, the, of, of, of all the reasons, they don't want to tell the old man no. You know what happens when you work at a regular job and they call your house and they say, hey, this person's sick or this person is is, is, is running late or whatever the case may be. Can you pick up an extra shift? Can you pick up an extra hour? And you go, uh, no, and you hang the phone up. They may not get mad. But they don't forget. So then you go knocking on the boss's door. You got some bills coming in. You go knocking on the boss's door. and Say, hey, man, are there any extra hours I can pick up and trying to trying to get out of this debt? I'm trying to get out of this situation. What do you think they're going to do? No, I'm good. We don't have anything. Don't worry about it. You know why? Because you didn't prove yourself dependable. You didn't answer your phone the correct way. So you hold on to that. Vince is the king Of petty. He's the king of it. The king of petty. There's no more petty person on the planet than Vince McMahon. I I would put my life on that. He's the king of it. He's Mr. Petty. Okay? He is the real deal when it comes to that. And I can promise you. Right here. Right now. If any of these wrestlers tell him no. And I'm saying this. Prefacing it by saying that. A lot of wrestlers currently have. But I'm saying like in March, especially leading up to WrestleMania. If any of these fucking guys... I'm not going to the fucking building. Are you kidding me? I'm going to get sick. Okay, pal. Go have a seat. To, you know, go home. We'll take care of it. Like Roman. Remember when Roman told him no? You see how that went for Roman? And that's one of the top guys. Can you imagine what would happen if Austin Theory... Who just recently said no? Would have said no out the gun if they if he would have been in NXT, and they would have called him up, and he was like, "I don't really feel like doing that." (laughs) It's not gonna happen. They don't want to tell the old man no because then there goes your opportunity. These people are still showing up on the show because they want that opportunity. They don't want to lose their spots, and they will lose it. They will lose it. They call him on the phone and say, "I'm not coming." that spot's gone. Are you talking about the ones who got released? No. No, 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 no. Those guys got released for completely different reasons. I'm referring to the people who are on the roster currently and previous to what I just read off. They they all said no finally because of the outbreak cuz now they have a they have a legal a legal reason to be like no, I'm not going because you have an outbreak. You did not handle the workplace uh, properly, so I don't need to go. And now they're not in breach because they, the WWE did not hold up their end as far as the precautions took place. So legally speaking, a lot of these uh, WWE superstars might have some footing now and saying, oh, wow, well, I'm not going to go. They're endangering my life. And they can say that now because over 20 people have contracted this disease. In a facility they weren't supposed to have open, And in the facility, they were lying about having proper precautions. Now they're doing tests. It's over now. Everyone's sick. Have you heard that Bubba Ray is coming back to Impact Wrestling? I hope so. He was never a fit for Ring of Honor. And I don't mean as a performer. As a performer, Bubba fits everywhere. He's that good. He's one of my favorite performers of all time. But Impact... Oh, oh, he was the man at Impact. And they'll let him him pick up that book a little bit, too. Do a little bit of booking, too. I like that. I think him and Sammy will get along, too. Sammy Callahan. And, believe it or not, EC3. We don't know about EC3 yet. I'm waiting to see. He's been swerving us a lot. We'll see. We'll see. So, yeah, that's why I have this written here the way that it is. WWE are a bunch of covid idiots. I'm putting them in the group. I'm putting them in the hashtag. They're a bunch of covid idiots. So I'm going to go ahead and open the floor up just a little bit to you guys. uh, And then I'm going to get out of here in the next few minutes. So if you guys have any questions or any comments aside from the Pluto TV thing, I'm going to look into that. That sounds very interesting. So let me guys know what you want to do as far as that. I'm going to close this because it's irritating me. So if you guys have any questions or comments, feel free to go ahead and put those in the chat. I'll give you guys a few minutes. I'm waiting to see what Impact does. You got to step up to that. Man, if they immediately put the belt on Bully, (laughs) which would make sense... He's a top. He was a top player before he left. Considering who they have right now, because they've lost even more. They lost Elgin. We didn't even get a chance to talk about Elgin. Elgin's gone. Uh, Tessa's gone. Sammy got into a big brawl, so we don't know how much longer he's gonna stick around. Maybe that's why they're interested in Bully. Swall says, "I heard news: Aces and Eights reunion. Ugh. If that's what they're bringing him back, is that supposed to be like a one-off deal?" Or are they bringing him back for a full time Aces and Ace run, because that would be ugh. Don't do that. I'm not interested at all in a in that. Do you even remember who the eight were? I know it was Bully Devon D I think Mr. Anderson. I can't even remember who the hell else was in that. I know Bischoff had a son that was in it and one of the Briscoes had a son that was in it. It was a weird group. I didn't like that group. It was awful. AJ, can we get an Orsini's uncensored man? I think you meant mine. Face mask. Oh. <laughs> I've seen a few of those. Uh, I gotta look into it. Uh it's gotta be cost effective. Babe, they're asking for the Orsini's Uncensored Man face mask. You'd you'd wear one? <laughs> My wife says she'd wear one. Uh is it true Kyrie Sain is going back to Japan? uh i hope not i think she still has a lot to offer here in the states um if the reason she's leaving is because of all the punishment she took in wwe i think going back to japan uh kind of goes against that right isn't the star isn't the style a little stiffer in japan than it is here i mean besides the one idiot i mean who else was she really getting hurt by i wouldn't getting hurt by many others I just think that her style doesn't fit to what they're trying to do here, Asuka acclimated I don't when I see the two of them together I see uh Oscar's more into it than uh than Kyrie is a little bit. I think Kyrie's a little bit more of a straight-up performer you know if you were gonna bring a female back to nXt I guess that would be it either that or Shayna just bring everybody back <laughs> just it does it just I like the idea that NXT, like, once you get to a certain point and you move on somewhere else and the brand doesn't get stale. Can you imagine if all those NXT legends came back? Like, you'd have too much talent. You wouldn't know what to do. Like, what would you, how would you develop new talents with all of that old, reliable talent in NXT? Like, you can't just bring everyone back. But at the same time, like, you gotta have some sort of a change, too. Raw and SmackDown. The problem isn't really the style. The problem is the programs. They got to get rid of the whole. They got to scrap their formats. They got to. Uh, If they're trying to stay a general program uh, for all ages, that's fine. But that works when people are in the building. You're losing people by the second every time you put these programs on because you're doing a family oriented program with no families watching you. They'll take a kid to the show, but they're not going to stay up. From 8 o'clock to 11 o'clock with kids, it's just not going to work. That's why the live event aspect worked well when it came to kids. Because it's easier to, I mean, you bought the tickets, so obviously you're there until 11 o'clock. Fuck that. But home, these kids are not staying out till 11 o'clock. They're just not doing it. So it's probably better that way. Any news when NWA is taping again? I have not heard anything specifically. But the rumblings are starting. Their Twitter accounts have been moving around. There's a lot of different things taking place. Uh, MWA got hit too. They're one of the ones that got hit too. My wife's trying to get ICs in the background. <laughs> That's fine. It's fine. It's not a big deal. Uh, any news if Ciampa is still in NXT? From what I understand, and I'm going to be sensitive when I talk to Ciampa because Ciampa to me is is, is I'll fix it. Ciampa, to me, is a a weird case because the leg slaps and the indie style garbage, all that stuff that all the old heads always talk about when it comes to NXT, I don't really put Ciampa in that category. I like Ciampa as a storyteller. And believe it or not, I actually think he fits very well on the main roster. And I think he'd be able to pull off a lot of what Bruce Prichard and Vince McMahon and all the writers out there are really trying to pull off. But from what I understand, he has a contractual agreement that he is to not be called up to the main roster. So if he is with the WWE still, then I think, yeah, he's still with NXT. If he's not with NXT, then that means he's probably not with the WWE, and that would be a huge blow. I think the WWE needs Tommaso Ciampa. Sadly enough, I think he, they need him more backstage than in the ring. He's a fantastic performer. He's great. I love watching his matches. But he's, he's one of those people. He's a better... He's a great player, but he's a better coach. And I think... I think he would be very instrumental... In transitioning those NXT talents from NXT to the main roster, a lot better and a lot easier, uh, if they were to uh, incorporate that. But I'm not entirely sure that uh, that they will. And Champa is Champa still with NXT? I I'd have to look it up. But as what I I'm telling you right now, if he's not with NXT, that he's not with WWE, and that would be a huge blow. So I hope he is. My wife has left. My wife apparently, because when I started this show, my family wasn't here, and because I told you guys that we were outside in the park and all that stuff, well, I left early so I could start this show. They were still in the park, so I'm assuming something bad happened while I was gone. Because my wife just walked over here to get something from our our second freezer over here, and she's hobbling. <laughs> her 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 back is out, which is not a usual occurrence, but it happens. So it looks like my wife's back is out and she's hobbling around over there. So I'm going to get going now because I'm going to uh, fix the freezer that she just left wide open and go see what's going on with my wife's back. So uh, his theme is what's happening in 2020. Champa's theme is awesome. And I don't give a fuck what people were saying about the Taz thing about survive. Taz, Taz doesn't own the word survive. Okay. It wasn't. There's no gimmick infringement on that point. But his theme is definitely that. So, yeah, I'm going to get going. Uh, I've done my full two hours. I've done my service here. But I wanted to thank you guys for taking the time. This was impromptu. I didn't promote this, so my numbers are not as great as they usually are tonight. But I still had a lot of people check in. And I have my consistent people who are always awesome. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you, Swall. Thank you, everybody who chimed in. Uh, My mom checked it out for a little bit. Um... Thank all you guys for tuning in and listening to the show. Uh, I'm going to try to get that interview back up and going again soon. Uh, So I don't know if I'll be live next week. I actually have a few interviews lined up. So it might be a while again before I go live again. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for downloading. Thank you guys for sharing. And of course, thank you guys for enjoying. This was episode 146, I believe. 100 episodes now, pay him! And make sure that you buy my husband's t shirt
1: at Slash AJOUN. Please, he needs this. Listen to my daddy's show, he's the best, so I don't know.